Welcome back to Ascension Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6 reads, Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God and to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicolaus, a proselyte of Antioch. And they set them before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians, and of the Alexandrians, and of those from Cilicia and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Then they secretly investigated men who said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes. And they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. And they set up false witnesses who said, This man never ceases to speak words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. For today's nugget of truth, let's focus in here on this first section, verses 1 through 7, here in this very short chapter, Acts chapter 6. What we have here is really the first sign that there's going to be some struggles here in the early church. We have these Hellenists, or Greek-speaking Jews, who say that they're not receiving the same items that others in the church are. And so they're saying that the Hebrew people, their widows, are receiving their daily distribution of food and other items that are given to those widows. And they're saying that those people are receiving that, but the Hellenists are not the ones who are these Greek-speaking ones. And so there's sort of this like level or these factions that are beginning to form here in the early church. And so they're at a crossroads here. What are they going to do? What is it going to look like for the church to resolve this conflict in a way that's appropriate for everyone around. And so I think what we see here is that they go to the leaders of the church and they have the leaders there try to make a decision. The decision that they came up with is that it's not good for them to have to focus on this, but they have to get others to be able to focus on this very real need for the community of believers. And I think we see a principle here that takes place in what these leaders are doing. They're displaying that it is most important for the people to be using their giftedness for the focus of what they're supposed to be doing and to find others within the church who can display their giftedness in solving the other issues or other problems or other ministries even of the church. And if these people had gone from doing what they were used to doing and doing what their giftedness was to solve this issue, sure they could do that, but they tell us it's not good that we should give up preaching of the word so that we can serve these tables. Not meaning that it's not a ministry worth doing or it's not something important to be done, but it's not the best thing for them to do. They should be 
using their gifts to the fullest in doing what God has prepared them to do, and they need to increase those serving and give others opportunity to serve in the place that they have been able to serve. And so when we see what they do, they're able to collectively solve this issue, to resolve the distinctions that are being made, and to empower others to be meaningfully serving in this. And so we learn about certain people here that we haven't heard of before, and many of them we won't hear of in other places. In fact, only Stephen and Philip are we going to hear other stories about what's going on. But these men are empowered to do ministry, meaningful ministry, and allow the Spirit of God to continue to grow the people in this place. Because we see verse 7, it says, And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. So the way in which they're able to resolve this conflict by going to the leaders of the church and coming up with what their solution is to this problem and collectively walking forward in that decision is important for them maintaining unity, maintaining the oneness that is a part of this fellowship and is a part of this mutual partnership for the cause of Christ. Understanding that they have come up with an opportunity to solve the issue and to allow people to expand in the ministry that's going on. Notice here it's not just the 12 that are now doing the ministry. We're seeing that that ministry is expanding. The people who are sharing the gospel is expanding. We're seeing that what we have said, the purpose of the book of Acts is, is on display as this growth is taking place in numbers, but now the ministry is expanding as the people are partnering with them in that ministry. The previous chapters, we saw how that partnership was in giving. We're going to see now how that partnership is in the doing of miracles and signs and wonders, of proclamations of the gospel, and many things as we move forward. The growth that's taking place is not just numerical, but it's also in the depth and the breadth of wisdom that these individuals are sharing. And so that principle of them going to the leaders, investing in them as the ones who are guiding this group is going to be what allows this early church to function in a proper way according to the leading of the Holy Spirit and according to God's hand guiding them through what he desires them to do as they grow in this area. As for a question here, the question that comes to my mind as I read this chapter comes in at verse 8, and it says, And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. And that's something that struck me as I read it, just thinking about the fact that usually when we think about the miracles that are taking place, the miracles and the signs and the wonders and these different things that take place in the book of Acts are usually done by the twelve disciples. But we see here it's not exclusively these 12 disciples. Stephen here is involved in these miracles. Later in the book of Acts, we're going to see that Paul is able to do these miracles as well. So it leads us to a question, hey, what does it take to be able to do these miracles? If it was just the original 12 disciples, why is it that Stephen and Paul can do that? How is it that they are able to do these miraculous things by the power of the Spirit? What is the purpose of that? What is it that we need to learn about God's empowering of the Holy Spirit and what that has to do with miracles and signs and wonders.
The first thing that we need to be reminded of is that these individuals that are doing signs and wonders and miracles are not just started here in the New Testament or started with the disciples who were empowered by Jesus. Remember, all the way back to the Old Testament, we see that prophets were able to give messages from God as well as often to do signs and wonders, including Moses. So when these individuals are empowered by the Spirit of God, they're given the ability to do these miracles with a specific purpose, and that purpose is to validate them as being messengers from God. And so we see that here with Stephen. It says that Stephen was given these abilities to do these signs and wonders among the people, and that means that we're to listen to the message that Stephen has, which we're going to see here in the next chapter. And so it's important that we see that that is the distinction of the signs and wonders and miracles that's given by the Holy Spirit as a way in which these people are to be seen as authoritative, to seen as validated of God, so that others will hear their message and what they're saying. It's not given to everyone who received the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say that everyone who received the Holy Spirit receives these abilities to do signs, wonders, miracles, and other things, speaking in tongues, whatever it is. It's not saying that all of the people who have been given that Holy Spirit are given these miraculous gifts that take place. We see there are specific meanings and specific situational importance to these empowerings of the Holy Spirit here in the book of Acts. And so maybe that was your question. Maybe you're struggling with, hey, how is this non-disciple doing these signs and wonders or doing these miraculous signs? Maybe you have a different question. This is quite the short chapter, but there's a lot here that we can mine out of that. So hopefully you find a question in this chapter. You find some other people you can talk about with. You find some other ways that you can study God's Word to find out what you can learn from this chapter so that you can grow in your daily knowledge and grace of the Lord. Know today you were loved. You're-